Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers. I am currently enjoying all of the newborn snuggles on maternity leave. So I have some encore episodes for you for the next few weeks. Some of these episodes are from the very beginning of the podcast, and I wanted to give them an opportunity to see new life, uh, to re-listen to these oldies but goodies, and I hope that they bring you something new. Enjoy, and I will see you back here after maternity leave. This week's episode, we're going to be speaking to Christine and Andrew, who share how they viewed home birth as a team sport. It's just a wonderful interview. Let's go ahead and get to this episode. I know you're going to love it. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Christine and Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hi, Caitlin. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you, and I would love for you guys to start by just introducing yourselves and your family to the listeners. My name is Christine, and I'm joined by my husband, Andrew. We've been married for two years, and this is our first child and our first home birth. Very nice. So I'm curious to hear how this all came about. You had a home birth with your first baby. A lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, let's, let's try it out in the hospital first and then we'll go home. So I'm really excited to hear how you guys got to home birth. Was that the plan initially? So initially I started with OB care um, just because it was probably like the easier route with insurance and getting an appointment and being able to do research with like midwives around here because we're not from um, this area. And so I just took the OB route because I felt like it was easier. Um, And as I was doing research about pregnancy and birth and labor, I just felt more, you know, I felt more um, drawn to the midwifery care and home birth and, you know, being in my own environment and how that's more beneficial to, you know, the birth and the baby and the whole experience. And so at 28 weeks, um, we made that final decision to switch over to midwifery care. And in our area, there are only maybe like three or four um, midwives that were available that I found on Google. Um, So I just kind of reached out to them and the, you know, the one that we had our initial phone consultation with, um, we liked her a lot and we clicked with her. And so um, we just made that switch over. Very nice. So did you know about home birth at all before you decided to go with the OB or was that something that you guys learned about as you were kind of researching later? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I kind of knew about home birth, but I didn't know about, you know, all of it, about what it entails and just birth in general too. Um, 
you know, even if it was going to be in the hospital setting, I want it to be a natural birth. And then as I was meeting with the OB and I was trying to kind of get more answers and kind of talk to her about like a birth plan, she kind of brushed it off and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so I thought like I definitely wanted to do the new free care route. Um, and then also just, you know, listening to podcasts like Happy Home Birth or um, watching YouTube videos and watching um, that documentary. The Business of Being Born, yep. <laughs> and that kind of just pushed us um, even more towards I, a home birth. I think there's there's also an element of, of when you kind of find out that you're having your first child. I think Christine um, alluded to there, there's an element of like, I, you don't really know what to do. Um, maybe that's that's our case, but I think it's easy for you to go, hey, what do you do? You go, you go to the OB, right? You start there. That's kind of like a well-trotted path that, that folks know about and feels kind of safe. Um, and, I, and I think the more that we went, obviously I know COVID had made things a little bit different than maybe what the usual experience was, but I felt like going to those um, visits with Christine, there was kind of, kind of an emphasis just on it was real short. It was real. There wasn't a whole lot of information. There wasn't a whole lot of education, um, which I think was sort of a desire on our part for um, maybe a little guidance in some ways. And I think with that gap, um, you know, it kind of pushed us to start looking in other other places for more information on our own. And I think that sort of holistically pushed us a little bit more towards um, a different style uh, of care that it seemed like midwifery care fit better into that, that profile of what we were looking for, more personalized, um, a bit more um, coaching or education, a bit more intimacy or, or kind of connection in that regard. So um, I think in, in that, in that way, that sort of drifted us away from, I guess, the traditional OB care model towards, um, midwifery care. So. Oh, that is very well put. It's really interesting hearing it from your perspective too. So you were attending these, these OB prenatal appointments and you were feeling as well that there was kind of a lack of information, Andrew. Yeah, I, I get, and again, there may be an, an element of, of not really knowing what to expect um, in, in not having gone through that process. And I don't know folks who have gone through this with numerous children or a number of births and they go to an OB for each one. Maybe that becomes sort of just what, what you expect. And I guess maybe I, I thought there was more to it or I was maybe expecting <laughs> it. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think that was my takeaway leaving each one of those was like, okay, like, what are we doing next? Or what should we be thinking about? Or what should we, be, um, you know, putting our focus on and making sure that, you know, we're ready for what we need to do. And I, I do remember kind of, you alluded to that, Christine, of like, the one thing that stuck out was like, okay, we're getting to the business end of this pregnancy. Like what, what should we be doing in terms of a birth plan? And it was kind of like, oh, like, don't worry about that. The hospital will kind of take care of that for you. So, <laughs> That, that reaction stuck with me in terms of like, okay, this doesn't feel like you understand us. You understand maybe what, what we're trying to do or what we want to do. Um, and it's more, I don't know, for, for lack of a better word, we're sort of, we're a patient. And I know that the, the care model kind of means, you know, you've got a lot of patients. There's only so much time to be able to see them. Um, it, there's sort of a profitability model there that means 
you know, you got to get us in and get us out and you want to have a repeatable um, process. So I, I think for folks who are open to other areas, which we were, I think it made sense for us to start investigating what other opportunities were available. So mm-hmm. that, that absolutely makes sense. And, you know, as you're saying, you know, gosh, like there's not, there's not more to this. Like, are you, are you not going to give us some homework or something? Like, what are we supposed to be working on? There should be so much more. And, and it is very disappointing. And I know that, that OBs are busy. Like it's just a busy process. It's a busy place. Um, but that lack of intimacy that you guys mentioned is, is huge. And so I'm really happy to hear that you did reach out and find a midwife. And I'd love to hear what that experience was like, especially after going through the OB care for 28 weeks. Yeah, that was great um, to be able to just talk to her on the phone initially and then coming in for visits um, compared to the OB visits. They were less than five minutes. And at first I thought that was great because I don't like being in a hospital or like clinical setting anyway. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. Just in and out. But then I realized that I had questions and I wanted deeper answers. And so when we went to go visit our midwife, we sat there for 45 minutes to an hour and just got to know her. She got to know us and she asked questions and we were able to ask her questions without feeling rushed. Um, so that was really nice. Yeah, that that's huge. Yeah, it was, I, I know when we both kind of, I think there was a point when we both felt like, okay, maybe maybe midwifery care is a better route for us. But I know that I certainly felt, I kind of maybe have some of those concerns. You know, we listened to a podcast by by you all and a number of, of other midwives recently. And there was kind of an emphasis on this idea that maybe men have this idea of wanting to protect their families. And I think that was my thought as we went through that conversation was, okay, so like, I'm, I'm open to this idea, but what what I want, I want to make sure we have the best outcome possible. Um, and, and that kind of stuck with me. And that was always something in the back of my mind. I was open to going that route, but I think the one thing that made a big difference was the ability to sit down and kind of forge a relationship and create, um, a sense of trust and a sense of understanding with this individual who, you know, is going to sort of take you end to end through this process. Um, and that it's not, there isn't sort of this question mark hanging over, um, you know, who's going to take care of us? How's this going to go? You get a chance to really do a deep dive into each one of those elements. Um, and I think there's such a positive, um, component there of being able to forge that relationship of where there's a mutual understanding of, of sort of the safety that that person brings, but also like the trust that you're able to build with, with that person. Um, and it, that alleviates, I think, one of the biggest concerns that I think maybe a lot of people have about the, the safety element of it. And that was kind of big for me being able to, to take the time to sort of spread out and have those conversations and really build that relationship. Right. So it's like anytime I had a question about, you know, what could potentially go wrong or, you know, I would come to the appointments and just ask her frankly, and she'd be able to kind of walk us through that and explain, you know, their protocol with everything. So that made us feel more comfortable knowing that if those situations came up, then it would be handled in this way. 
Exactly. Yes. I think a lot of the fear just comes from a lack of knowing what happens and which, which is interesting because we also don't know what happens. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, what they're going to do in a hospital. And we don't really ask questions about it. We just assume like, oh, well, they'll take care of it. If, if whatever happens, they'll take care of it. And so taking that to the home birth side. Yeah. Those, those questions are so valid, but they do have answers. And I know that that is so comforting, especially on the partner side as well of, okay, it's not just like, well, whatever, like whatever happens, happens. No, there's a plan. There's a protocol. This is a medical professional that we're dealing with. I listened to Happy Home Birth podcast probably every day of my pregnancy as I was uh, gearing up and preparing for my own home birth um, with my first baby. And it really gave me um, a lot of perspective about what kinds of birth are normal and just the wide variety of that. Um, and so it didn't tell me what to expect for my own birth, but it just brought to me clarity and comfort that anything that goes on um, is probably a really cool variation of normal and just makes my birth unique. Um, so it's so awesome to hear all of Caitlin's guests just share their different perspectives and what went on in their births. And so when I had my own home birth in June, um, I knew that everything going on, even though it was crazy and maybe not exactly like I heard other births, um, it was just perfectly how it was meant to be. And so we had the home birth that we prayed for. So thank you to everyone who shared their stories. So I would love to hear with all of this in mind, how the the pregnancy went, how the end of the pregnancy went, as you guys were kind of gearing up for this experience, what, what was going on? So pregnancy, you know, it being my first pregnancy, I have nothing to compare it to, but it was, I thought it went really well. I had a couple of weeks of feeling fatigue, but after that, I felt great the whole time. Um, I was able to stay active. I, you know, continued to eat well, with an addition of, you know, extra desserts, but you know, I try a healthy diet and, you know, continue to take my supplements. Um, so I felt great. That's amazing. And as you were approaching labor, you know, what was that, what was that experience like for you? So as I, you know, throughout the pregnancy, I was listening to a lot of positive birth stories and just kind of doing a lot of research. And the more I did, the more confident I felt. So like the fear or like the anxiety of like, oh, well, what is this supposed to feel like? Or what if this happens? The more I educated myself, the more confident and empowered I felt about birth itself. Um, so, you know, towards the end of it, I was kind of ready um, birth. And I felt like I knew what I needed to do. I knew my body and what made me comfortable. Um, so that was really good to be able to kind of learn, um, about the birthing process to kind of have that better understanding. Absolutely. And also as part of like the midwifery care is essentially a birth class, um, of somebody coaching you through what is going to be that like pretty intense process and kind of what to expect and what to think about, um, like a real hands-on coaching process, which was, was great to really get us to the point where we, again, yeah, felt confident that this was going to be something that we could handle and that we could make sure that we had, um, you know, a good experience. So. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely feel like so much of being able to cope effectively during labor is related to understanding the process that's going on while you're in labor. And 
that's something that a lot of people, even if they take, say, you know, a hospital-based childbirth education program, won't get and, and won't understand, but it sounds like you guys were very educated of, oh yeah, this is what happens. This is what's normal and we can expect this and we can be comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So, okay. Well, I'm excited to hear how this all unfolded. What, what was your birth story like? All right. So I was certain that he was going to come, you know, at 40 weeks or later, just because I heard that that's typical of first babies. And so at 38 weeks, we decided to plan a camping weekend for my birthday. And so we were going to camp and we were going to go hiking. Um, And so a couple weeks ago, like Friday, um, we went out to the campsite, we were setting up, and then we were sitting around the campfire and which I wasn't doing anything strenuous. I was kind of taking it easy. Um, and then I kind of just scooted over uh, my seat and then water gushed out. And I thought that's weird. I didn't have to pee, um, but I wasn't sure if my water broke because I thought I would hear something like a pop or it would just be a little bit more, <laughs> you know, not dramatic, but I thought I would know for sure. Uh, Yeah, that, you know, that was my water breaking and not just me sitting down um, and then water coming out. Um, And so I wasn't totally sure um, that that happened, but I wasn't feeling any contractions. Um, And so, and we were also at our campsite, we didn't have any cell service, so I wasn't able to Google (laughs) what to do if your water breaks or, you know, what it feels like. And we weren't able to call our midwife. And so I felt, because I felt fine, we just went to bed that night. And I actually had, you know, a really good sleep (laughs) considering we were out camping and sleeping on an air mattress. I slept like a baby. Um, And it wasn't until the next morning we got up and then still felt fine. So we just went ahead and made breakfast and kind of took it easy. And then we decided to drive off the campsite and to call our midwife to see what we should do. Um, so that was the next day on Saturday. Um, and she said, you know, I explained to her what happened and she said, okay, well, um, it would be good to, to meet so that we can like check vitals and then go over our options. Um, so we did that. So she met us at home. And, you know, she said everything looks good. She went over the options of having either me, like, laboring naturally or there's things that I could do to speed up the, you know, the contractions or, like, the starting the labor process. Um, mm-hmm. Just decide to let it happen naturally. So um, I even contemplated, like, going back to the campsite and going hiking that day. But she said definitely no. Like, you need to rest. <laughs> Bill, go into labor, you know, anytime, you know, in the next couple of days. So rest your body. And so we took it easy that day. Um, and then Saturday evening, I, she recommended I do the mile circuit, um, which I kind of held off doing because the, the positions just were very uncomfortable to me and so she said you could do like a shortened version of it like just do 15 minutes of each pose like no problem and then so before I went to bed I did you know 20 to 30 minutes of the first and second pose um I went upstairs to lay down in that um 
exaggerated sideline position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I fell asleep. And then around, that was around like nine or 10 o'clock. And then I started feeling very minor contractions. Um, and I go, oh, okay. So that's, maybe that's what it is. And it wasn't uncomfortable. It kind of just felt like menstrual cramps to me. So I was able to sleep through them. Um, and it wasn't until about midnight. Um, yeah, I went downstairs and I was kind of just sitting through the contractions. And when the contractions would come, I would stand up and um, do like deep breathing. And I would just sway and count in my head. Um, and then Andrew came down around two o'clock um, and just checked up on me. And I tried different laboring positions, like being on all fours or having him apply counter pressure. But I felt like neither one of those were helping me through the contraction. So I just stuck with what felt good. And I was just standing and swaying because um, that's what would work for me um, around six Andrew started getting the pool ready and then our midwife came over and she set up um and then during that time they were just trying to remind me to rest in between contractions and so eventually I was able to I was tired enough to be able to sleep through the contractions or sleep and then kind of breathe through the contractions um and then around oh and then what really helped too is that I just threw on headphones and I started listening to um, meditation uh, and like birth affirmations. And that kind of got me through the contractions itself and being able to just kind of close my eyes and count and breathe. Um, And then around 11.30, it was when I was not able to get through the contractions. And I explained to my midwife like how it was feeling and like how my stomach kind of felt like it was having this reflex that I couldn't control. And she says, okay, it sounds like you're ready to push. And so we got into the pool. Um, her and her assistant us pointers on different positions to try out. And so we tried out a few positions, um, getting on all fours and squatting or like getting on my back. Um, and they saw that I kind of wasn't able to get any traction like being on my back. And so Andrew jumped in and he was able to kind of pulled me up and he was really helpful during the contractions, reminding me to breathe um, through them. And so that was really helpful to me because at that point I wasn't, I wasn't as controlled as I was through my other contractions. Um, Right. And so I needed that reminder, um, you know, that outside reminder to just remind me to breathe. I think one other really cool thing after you got into the pool and were, were kind of pushing is that the midwives were there to, to sort of start co- doing a lot of coaching with you to sort of say, okay, you're like you're making progress here. I know sometimes when you're, it seemed like when you're in that pushing phase, it was kind of getting somewhat discouraging of like, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm going through this really, really intense effort and like, am I making progress? I think there's sometimes an element of you know, it's hard for you to believe that you're actually kind of making the progress that you feel like you should be. So they were really, really great about kind of calling out and letting Christine know like, okay, hey, you're making great progress or here's where you are or okay, like reach down and I'm going to, I'm going to like put some pressure here. This is where you need to focus on pushing or just kind of coaching through that. I thought was really, really valuable at that time. 
you're so you were so focused on on what is this kind of really intense effort that you had to put in and that they were kind of helping give a little bit of extra coaching on being able to focus that that effort even more uh, productively so I, I thought that was that was really positive yeah that, that's a good reminder um, Andrew was able to like help me through the contractions just reminding me to breathe but then I would close my eyes to the contractions and every time I would open my eyes my midwife and her assistant would be there and they would say something very positive or you know just give me like a, a head nod and say yep you're doing it like you're making progress and so that was really nice to have you know a supportive team around me um, and just pushing me. Yeah. It sounds like you had, you had the affirmations throughout, you know, you had them from Andrew during the contractions and then you open your eyes and the rest of your team is there giving you positive feedback as well. That's, that's huge. Yeah. But also just letting us kind of do our thing too. You know, they were there. Mm-hmm. They weren't like intrusive or anything. Like they knew that I needed Andrew. And then, so anytime I would open my eyes, they would be there too, but they also kind of just let us be, um, because I, you know, they knew that I needed that assurance from Andrew. Yeah. That mm-hmm. huge element of they were there, but like they were, they were, do- and they did so much. They did so much work in the background, um, whether it's preparing to have everything for when they needed it, but also they're very intuitive in terms of knowing, okay, here's when I don't need to be involved, but here's when I need to be involved and I can, I can have a positive influence. And so their, their ability to know when to, when to sort of interject and when to, to kind of just be in the background was, was looking back, um, really cool, uh, a really, really impressive skill that they've, they've developed over, over time. So. I think that's such a great point. And I, yeah, I don't feel like people talk about that nearly enough. Yeah. The idea that the midwife is not the star of the show. Like they are there for you. They are there to support you, but they totally understand what it means to, to just be that safe, that safety net to be there to hold the space, to give, to give advice and encouragement when needed, but also to completely recognize when it's like, okay, Christine and Andrew are, are doing this, themselves and, and respecting that. And, and you, you saying that actually brings something up in that our midwife kind of said, you know, I, I can't be your support person. That's not what I am or what I need to be. Um, I'm like, I need to have my focus on this or that. So she was really great about emphasizing like, Andrew, here's, here's the valuable role you can play here. You need to be that support person and like helping her, um, me to feel confident to be able to do that. Um, but also helping me understand that like, I need to do that. Like I can't just sort of drift out and sort of check out because the midwife has to be tuned into, to other things to be able to do her job, um, effectively and kind of make sure that this goes well. So it's like, you know, I need to do, I need to do my job as well. And she was really good about emphasizing that, but also trying to create the space to empower me to feel like I could do that. I really appreciate you saying that, that it just, it helps so much because I feel like a lot of times, uh, couples will go into birth where, you know, the partner doesn't, doesn't know what is expected and doesn't know where he fits into the puzzle. And that can be such a, such a really uncomfortable place to be. 
So the fact that, you know, it seems like beforehand you guys already had a handle on, okay, like Andrew has a job too, and this is what he's going to be focused on. That is highly empowering and, and I'm sure very comforting in the moment to know like, yes, I am just as involved as this, you know, as anybody else on this team. And really good about saying like making, making just really short, easy suggestions of like, oh, maybe we should try and get Christine something to eat, or maybe we should try to get her something to drink or, you know, just little things like that, little reminders that aren't, aren't sort of like pulling you out of your job, but just, yeah, again, she's, she's got her eye on that process throughout and um, is kind of projecting where needed. I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. That is really cool. Now, so Christina, I guess you were in kind of like a, a supported squat as you were pushing. Is that right? Um, so I was kind of more reclined, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you started on hands and knees, kind of laying on the edge of the tub for a good portion. Then you kind of started putting one leg up um, yeah, for a while. Yeah, kind of like legs in a squat. Yep. And then I ended up in like a reclined position. And then Andrew kind of came into the tub and was like sitting behind me, supporting me. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Okay, so as you're pushing, I'm, I'm curious to hear how this goes. <laughs> so I felt like this part of the birth was way more intense than, you know, the contractions beforehand like hours of contractions and I just I think in hindsight I probably could have done a better job (laughs) um but I tried to breathe through it and Andrew would remind me um but it just took it felt like it took forever um but again the midwife was there and she kept reminding me that I was making progress um and so the whole crowning and ring of fire was very, very intense. Um, and I tried to listen to her and try to control my breathing as he was coming out. Um, and so once his head was out though, um, but it was still very cool that she was kind of talking us through, you know, the head was crowning and like, or like the head is out and like just one more push. So be able to like listen to that process, um, was very cool. And having Andrew be a part of that and kind of encouraging and saying yeah like oh yeah he's here or like just one more push or like let's just you know wait for the next contraction um was really really helpful that's so encouraging and so as and how long how long did you push you got in the, you got in the tub at eleven thirty, and i would say that you're pushing really really started then mm-hmm. um, and then he was born what time he was born at 2 15 Mm. So we were in the tub for like an hour. I got out to kind of take a break, go to the bathroom, and then I got back in and then pushed for another hour. So, yeah. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It felt like forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet. Okay, so you get to the end. You, you experience crowning. His head comes out. What was that like and in, in transitioning into that immediate postpartum? What were you guys experiencing? So he came out and he did have um, the cord around his neck and they easily just, you know, unwrapped the cord. Um, He needed a little help breathing. And so they had like a tray right by the poolside. Um, They set him on the tray. and He was with us the whole time. So they never took him away. He was on the tray and they, you know, gave him a few breaths with their resuscitator. Um, And the whole time I didn't feel panicky at all. I, you know, they 
knew what they were doing and I felt comfortable with that. And so maybe like 30 seconds later, he started crying. And then so they they put him back on my chest and I was able to hold him. Um, I think at that time they noticed I was bleeding a lot more than they would like. And so I got out of the tub um, and then they waited for the umbilical cord to stop pulsing. And they said, okay, we're ready to like cut the cord. Um, we're going to try and get the you know placenta out. And um, I had trouble with getting the placenta out because I had been hydrating, you know, for all those hours and I wasn't able to pee. And so they recommended me trying to go to the bathroom and they couldn't do anything about that. And so we had to use a catheter and I think they got like two and a half cups of pee out. Um, and then they noticed that I was still bleeding a lot. And so, um, yeah, like your uterus wasn't, wasn't contracting as well. Yeah. yeah. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, they gave me some herbs and some teas to drink. Um, and then I, I think I was still bleeding more than they would like. And so the midwife said that she needed to go in and kind of like sweep my uterus to see if there was any clots in there. Um, so that part was, also very intense um mm-hmm. <laughs> Andrew the way Andrew explains it it's really funny <laughs> I was kind of I was so out of it at that point that like I felt uncomfortable but I was I could barely comprehend what was going on so I'll let him tell the story because it's kind of funny <laughs> well I don't know I guess looking back on the post like immediate postpartum period I think we kind of said you know all the things that I think folks are really afraid of like you know I go all the way back to that first conversation Christine and I had about you know selecting a home birth and that initial you know anxiety or hesitation over okay like well what happens in this case or that case and so I feel like a lot of those things that folks talk about kind of happened to us. Um, and, and I feel like shout out to, to the, to the midwife care that we had of them making it sort of something that we understood of like, you know, you know, resuscitation is something that's pretty normal, pretty common. It's not something to be panicky over. It's not something to be scared about cord wrapped around the neck, actually not really a problem. It's pretty simple. Like a lot of those things were really comforting so that when we did face those, it was good. I know as soon as, um, you had kind of tried to go to the bathroom and it sounded like Christine was going to the bathroom, but you weren't peeing. It was just kind of like, mm-hmm. we were, I started to get a little concerned that was the first time I started to get a little bit worried. Um, but I mean, they were, they were absolutely calm and really, really relaxed. And they were, they were really good about saying like, okay, this is what's happening. Um, we're going to try to do this. Um, so we need you to, yeah, try to go to the bathroom or, Hey, we're going to try to, we can't get you to go to the bathroom. So we're going to try and cath you. Um, just kind of really calmly walking you through like the steps that they're going to take. It wasn't a situation in which, you know, we're going to whisk you away and we're not going to tell you what we're doing. and We're just doing this or that. I felt, I felt pretty good about it. Um, but some of the things weren't working. And so I, I had kind of taken the baby and was just, um, skin with the baby, just kind of holding him. And they kind of said, well, we can't get this to stop. So maybe we need to go in and, and kind of explore the uterus manually. And I was kind of looking around like thinking, Oh, well maybe they have, maybe they have a tool for this or and just, <laughs> just pulled out this big, like elbow length glove. And I was kind of looking around going, wait. Um, 
And she was like, yep, grab, grab a hand where I need to, I need to do this. And we said, okay. And like all credit to Christine, you're an absolute champ. That was mm-hmm. very, very intense experience, but looking back one that was necessary and one that was done really professionally and really calmly. And like one that they really made an emphasis on helping you understand what they were doing and why they were doing it. Right. Um, like I never, yeah. like it was uncomfortable and it was intense, but I never felt panicky. I never felt like, Oh my God, what's happening. You know, what's going on. I never felt that way. I, I always felt like I was, they were talking us through it. So I was like, okay, I, I trust you guys and we need to do what we need to do to resolve this issue. Yeah. Wow. So what did they find when they did that sweep? So they kind of, I don't think she found too many clots. Um, you had, you had birthed your placenta. Um, and I think the, the cause was just the uterus wasn't contracting and it was your bladder was distended. Mm-hmm. So they went back and they, um, they cast again and they got like another three, three and a half cups, cups yeah. of urine out. Oh. So, Whoa. Yeah, yeah so were, like total, it was like almost six cups of urine <laughs> just for me hydrating all those hours, not yeah. being in the bathroom. Yeah, and so yeah, once they were able to get that out, then um, your uterus started to contract really well, and your bleeding um, subsided, subsided like pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it was still like seven, seven and a half um, cups of blood, or, or I think is what they said. There was a there was a lot of blood, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it it was something that needed to get addressed and addressed quickly. And they did a really great job of one, one thing I will call out that they did a great job of. It was never something where it was like, okay, like make sure the baby goes away, make sure we sort of clear this space, like everybody out. It was sort of, I was there, the baby was there, um, you know, throughout the process, it was all about making sure they really, they really cared about the importance of, the the mother and the child and, and the ability for them to be together immediately post-birth and and basically saying no worries we can do all the things that we need to do um you know while still maintaining that um because they kind of believe in that importance and so that was really cool um to not only be able to do that but also maintain that that kind of bond and that partnership between mom and baby um immediately after yeah that, and that's a great point because sometimes those births that do have those I, I mean, I don't, I hesitate to call it traumatic because it, it seems like you guys were comfortable, you know, as comfortable as you can be with that. But like those births that have those hiccups, that's when bonding is so critical, you know, even more critical than the normal. And so the idea that in, in the mainstream setting, we usually whisk the baby away and there, there's the separation, like that's actually the last thing that we want. So I love hearing that that's not how it was at all for you guys. And and I think you use that word trauma. I think one of the elements of that is like, that could have been a very traumatic experience. Um, But I think it was the element of not, I think it was the element of making sure that the baby was there, that they explained what they were doing. There was a lot of, there was just a lot of interpersonal element there that made it more comfortable. It made it not traumatic. It could have easily something that looking back on could have been traumatic if you were just a passenger on that experience, as opposed to somebody, somebody who's fully present, aware of what's going on, understanding the reasoning behind why this is happening and what we need to do. Um, and I think that can make all the difference for somebody, you know, like Christine, looking back on that experience and saying it was either traumatic or, or it was like, 
that was my birth. It was intense. It mm-hmm. was powerful, but it was. But you know, in the end, positive. you know, both mom and baby are healthy. Yeah. And, and mom is still, you know, in control. You know, you were still so involved, kind of like what Andrew was just saying, you know, being a passenger versus being the one driving the bus, you know, like you are still being, you are still in control of the situation. They're still involving you in everything that's going on. And I completely agree. Just that ability to process what's going on in the moment instead of just having it happen to you. Yeah. That's, that just completely mitigates that traumatic experience into one that's like, wow, look at what we did. We had this this intense, amazing birth, and we did so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. Well, so what is this postpartum phase like for you guys now? It's been really nice. Um, I, you know, part of the midwifery care, like, I really like that they do the home visits, and, um, you know, she really emphasizes on, like, me resting and getting the care I needed, um, So having Andrew here and having my sister here, um, you know, with an extra set of hands has been really helpful. Um, And so I think that's just really nice to be able to have her come visit as opposed to us having to go out and go to the doctor's office. She comes over and she, you know, she has this relationship with us now. So she understands, you know, like my body, she understands the baby. And so it's nice to have that care postpartum too. I also I agree. I was really blown away and didn't, I guess I didn't expect it. Um, immediately after, like they stayed, I mean, he was born at two fifteen, and I don't think they left our house until eight, eight thirty that night. And before they left, they basically made sure that we, we were 100% set up to go into the evening and like go to sleep. And we knew exactly what we needed to do. I mean, they prepped us for kind of what to expect and coached us through, you know, we're coming back in 24 hours, basically, we're going to see you tomorrow, but here just making sure you're ready for the immediate after afterwards. So that was really, really cool to feel like, whoa, we've got this extra level of, again, coaching and just information and knowledge, which again, I like keep reflecting on that being the biggest takeaway um, from the whole experience and that level of care that just feels like, you know, I just don't know where else you get that or, or how else you get that. Um, and that, that makes the difference. It's like little things like that, that I think have such a big impact. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. This has been so illuminating and I really am so appreciative of you guys coming on together and sharing this. Andrew, it really is is very helpful, I think. I think this episode will be particularly helpful for other dads who maybe are uncertain about the ideas of home birth and what this is actually going to look like. Um, So being able to have both of your perspectives on one episode has been hugely beneficial. So I can't thank you guys enough for coming on the podcast. This has been such a joy. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It was um, really nice to be able to share our story and have Andrew here to share his perspective. Like, he did so much during the process, and so I felt like it would be very valuable um, to hear his side of the story as the partner and the father. Yeah, and I, I know... You know, I don't know how many dads get a chance to, to listen. I know Christine listened to this a lot um, in the lead-up to birth, but I feel, I feel like dads probably need just as much positive 
birth reassurance or affirmation as, as moms do. Um, mm-hmm. that that's a powerful tool for helping them also, you know, be better partners and just have a better experience as, as well. So I hope if nothing else that, that folks can hear this other perspective and that they, um, they benefit from that as well. Oh, amazing. Thank you guys so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast. You bet. Thanks, Caitlin. I am so appreciative of this episode and the perspective that it brings. It is so important to focus on mothers and their experience of birth. Yes, but what a disservice we're doing if we're not showing up for dads and helping them see how they fit into the equation. Christine and Andrew worked together so beautifully before, during, and after their birthing experience. And Andrew's understanding of his responsibilities as the birth partner certainly added massive value to their home birth. I hope this episode acts as inspiration and as a roadmap for other fathers who are looking for ways to be involved in the birthing experience. You're part of this team and you are incredibly important. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.